Support for Great Minds is provided by The Wine Store in Naples. The Wine Store offers a unique selection of wines from small production, artisan, and family-owned wineries. Their in-store wine education center hosts classes for the novice and connoisseur alike. Details are at thewinestorenaples.com. Welcome to Great Minds, a podcast about one of our favorite beverages, wine. I'm Julie Glenn. And I'm Gina Birch. And if you missed any of our earlier podcasts, we gave you a little background on how we got into our wine, our love of the nectar of the gods. Mm -hmm. Julie and I have been wine writers, wine journalists for for many years. One of the things that I, one of the, the series, Julie, that you wrote that I really found was very clever and very fun to read was Wine and Zodiacs, how you compared certain grapes to zodiac signs. You know, I love the zodiac. Everybody yeah. reads. I, I mean, I don't care if you even believe in it or not. You always want to know what your sign's up to that day. Right. Well, I mean, I know. I don't say 100% <laughs> of people 100% of the time want to do that. It's fun. It's a fun little yeah. pleasure, guilty pleasure, I guess. Every time I'd pick up an actual tactile newspaper, I would look at the zodiac and the comics. Right. And that's <laughs> about it. And then also the news. It says a lot about you. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. who I am. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I always I, I kind of think of wine as having personalities, too. Like, I give it human qualities, right. which is probably... A little sick. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, I do that a lot, too. Um, not quite to the level that you've done it, yeah. especially with the Zodiacs. They become people. They're my friends. Right. Wine is my friend. <laughs> I need to speak to my therapist after this one. Yeah. Um, no, but anyway, so I always kind of wanted to compare the different grapes to the mm-hmm. different signs of the Zodiac. And um, I just always kind of love that idea. And I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And then I actually tried to assign grapes to different zodiac signs mm-hmm. and then finally wrote about it. This was like five years in the making. Right. Yeah. I had so, to marinate for a while on that one. It's, and, it, and, and it turned out really well. And, you know, today, as we're doing this podcast, we're in the sign of Taurus, but doesn't matter when you listen to it or what your sign is. It's, it's still fun. And Taurus is a great sign. And I think, Julie, you've done a really cool job of matching it with another great grape, Malbec. Yeah, Taurus is Malbec. Because when I think of people that are born under the sign of Taurus, I think of a hard worker, someone dependable, stubborn. Stubborn for sure. If I wanted to assemble a dream team for a work project, I would get as many Taurus people as possible. You know, because (laughs) I have all the dreams. I just don't have the stick-to-itiveness to to actually see it through. But these are the people that'll keep on working. And, you know, you may be way out of steam and kind of over it. And they you you go back and they're still Still working. Still doing it, yeah. Persistently working on that same thing. And uh, when I look up an old tourist friend, they're usually hard at work on pretty much the same project, same life path as as when I left him. And they're doing great. They're very patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they get bored with a project, you'd never even know it. They, they, they keep on keep working going, hard. Right. So, and Malbec is the same. Uh, as far as recent history is concerned, we saw Malbec uh, be a big fad in the mid-2000s. Remember mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. It stormed down the scene like a raging bull out of Argentina about the time people were getting tired of big Shiraz from Australia. Mm-hmm. You know, so it kind of supplanted the big Australian Shiraz. Yeah, move over. They fit the bill for the taste perfectly because it was big and bold. Yes. And people were into that. Uh, strong red fruit flavors. But it was just different enough from that, that jammy, warmer style of uh, Shiraz from Australia that it became something also different. And it was very affordable. Yeah, oh, you gosh, know, it was. For so the most part, it still is. I mean, you have your pockets. What Catena uh, Zapata has one that's 125 bucks, I think, and and there are some other ones. I know Ar- 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 Archibald Ferrer has one that's you know in the hundred range, and 
but they get high scores. They too, get really high scores, know? and they're high altitude. In Argentina, they love their altitude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The frenzy over Argentinian Malbec, it seems kind of like it may have died down, but if you really look at the numbers, sales have only dipped a few percentage points in the face of inflation in Argentina, which increased the cost of production by 100%, according to a Wall Street, uh, the Wall Street Journal. Right. Um, so that's made it really hard for producers to keep the prices as low. So while some of the lower-end consumers are looking elsewhere, um, Argentinian producers are still persevering, uh, just like a tourist, and they continue to improve what they're exporting. Yeah, so. and, and you know, you go into almost any restaurant and you're going to find Malbec, I would say, on 8 out of 10 uh, by the glass list. So people are still buying it and consuming it. I, I do think when they started mass producing or doing a lot of it, they started blending with some Bonardo a lot, that mm-hmm. grape in it. And it did kind of, for, for, a, for a minute, weaken some of those lower ends and people are like, I don't know that I like, Mal- it, you know, I'm, I'm getting more jammy. I'm getting more even some sweetness to it. But like in anything, I, I think it things kind of balance and find their their center of gravity when they swing, when the pendulum swings from one extreme to the other. Yeah, because it's a beautiful romantic thing, wine is. However, yes. it's also a commodity. And when the world mm-hmm. discovers something – Everybody has to make as much as humanly possible. Right. Then you and, mess up the quality. And they the cut quality. corners. Yeah. And Always. You, how can you keep up uh, the quality when you have tripled and quadrupled your volume? Well, it's what's tough. A, what's really Taurus-like about Malbec is that mm-hmm. it just keeps on plugging. So I put together a list of tourist people okay. to give us kind of an idea of the kind of people that we're talking about when we're talking about tourists. You got yeah. Queen Elizabeth II, uh-huh. Shakespeare, okay. Tina Fey, Lover. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He, his eyebrow is my spirit animal, <laughs> I often say. Um, Adele. And then your favorite, George Clooney. Oh, of course. We love the Meister, The man. Mm-hmm. And then Channing Tatum, Jack Nicholson, Janet Jackson, Bono, Uma Thurman, Willie Nelson, Al Pacino, Barbara Streisand, Hank Azaria, Carol Burnett. These are kind of no-nonsense kind of people. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're they're, they're real is really kind of what I get there. You know, they kind of, they're not a whole lot of artifice. They're not a whole lot of, you know, too much over the top. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what Malbec really is. It's it's there. It's what it is. And it's not going to pretend to be something that it's not. You know, Argentina gets all of the press for for Malbec, rightly so. But it actually started in France Mm -hmm. and used as a mostly a blending grape in Bordeaux. And and I was reading somewhere where I think um, like 10%, less than 10% now is used because Malbec's just not planted as much over there anymore. And well, they had a big, huge frost yes. in uh, the, the 50s or something, and it knocked out like 75% of a the huge Malbec amount, grapes. And they just didn't replant them. They didn't. And they went with the cool kids, mm-hmm. you know, the Cab and the Merlot. Right. Um, it's still one of the six permit- permissible grapes in, in the, the, the Bordeaux. Bordeaux blends, but they just don't rely on it all that much. But they do a lot down in another region, just a little south, I think, of mm-hmm. there. And uh, away from the uh, cool kids click up in Bordeaux, it's a region called and I'm going to say it in American, yeah. Cahors. Yes, right. But I think in French you try to say kale, kale. Oh. I don't know. I, I yeah. just can't. I'm hard. I'm not so good with the French. But um, I'm right there with you, sister. Don't Ma- worry. Malbec's been making its a name for itself in that region since the early Middle Ages. Down there, it can go by the name of Cot Noir or Auxeroy. It's prized for its dark color. It's called the black wine of. Kale or Cahors. Mm-hmm. Um, it was used a lot for blending with lighter wines from other regions. And for eons, it was blended with Merlot or Tanat. But uh, because of a lot of investment in that area in the 80s and 90s, producers started really making incredible single varietal Malbec wines. So um, that's where where its uh, origins are. And for the truest expression of uh, the, the Malbec, that's where you're probably going to get it from. And whatever was brought over to Argentina, the clusters are the, they're a little tighter. The grapes are smaller. And 
and you're thinking, okay, Southwest uh, France is is warmer and drier and 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 sunny, but it's still not like growing in Argentina, where you've got um, the, those huge diurnal uh, shifts in the temperature, and you've got a lot of sun. You've got dry conditions because in Mendoza we've got some desert uh, climate, but you also have the Andes Mountains, which keeps it cool. So you've got the best of both worlds. You've got a dry climate, you've got a lot of sunshine, and you got you have the cool air, which allows those um, those berries to kind of stay on the vine a little longer and ripen more, and that gives the Malbec from the Mendoza area, I think, that softer, more velvety. Even though it's got a lot of fruit and plums, to me, it's more. It's just a little softer and chocolatey, almost. And a little more time to achieve that phenolic ripeness. Exactly. That hang time is pretty critical. I and s- you know, you've been down there. You've been to Argentina. Yes. Did you see a lot of those uh, the high altitude vineyards while you were there? Yeah, we went to a few. We went to some that were on the desert floor. You know, there, uh, there's Luján and uh, the Uca Valley. They're two different areas. That one one is more um, desert like, and one has is a little more green, and you can taste it in the wines a little bit. Uh, I could taste more of the mint and the herbalness from the herbaceousness from the wines that were grown a little higher altitude and where it was a little greener and um or I said that backwards. No, we said it right. Uh, but, but it was it was a really it's a very fascinating place to go and visit. And um, the wines are spectacular when you can get to some of these wineries. There's one called Salentine that was the first in in the um, area to combine art. So they've got a gallery, and so they've got another uh, Kilka is another wine you might see, and it's indigenous art. It's it's really cool. And you walk through this gallery in this tasting room to get to the Salentine. Um, the the barrel room and it is in a circle and you have little spirals going off you know little hallways but in the middle of that circle is a grand piano and they have concerts I was I bet the audio is great man and you sit against the barrels can you imagine having a classical concert in a barrel room and 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 then they joke around they're saying well you know the music makes the wines happy as they age and you know we play it and well the the low vibration maybe could have some kind of an impact I don't know I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I bought it. And then Susanna Balbo, who I is – <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I want to come back. Uh, she's also known as the queen of Torontes. Torontes. I love Torontes. I love just saying it like that, so too. So we're in Argentina. This is the white wine, and this has got a big bouquet of flowers on the nose yeah. almost all oh, the time. It's, it's wonderful. And she also makes some Malbec. She has a couple of different labels. But what's cool about Susanna Balbo's wine or, – or her, she was a pioneer in Argentina as one of the first female winemakers. And um, she was on a path to go to university and – you know, do these great things, and she came home and said, "I want to make wine," and caused a lot of problems in the family, and, yeah, well, and especially in a, a country like that where there was it's dominated by men. But anyway, they make some wonderful wines, and uh, if you have the chance to get to Argentina and hire a driver. <laughs> Yeah, out in, out in Mendoza because nothing's marked and it's dusty and it's not like going to Napa or Sonoma. Um, I've, I've found most wine regions are not like Napa and Sonoma. Right. It's no, kind of right. hard to find your way around. Yes. Even Tuscany is tough. But so when you went, what, what year was it that you went? Let's see. I'm going to say it was probably five or six years ago, maybe. So that was um, that was at a time and it's still kind of similar now where um, Malbec had kind of, it seemed, waned. From, yes. from popularity. However, really had a big increase in quality. And and that's when and that's where a lot of the producers out there were, were saying we're really sorry because of the Bernardo, the, the grapes that they were um, using for some of the mass production wines to to make it a little less delicious, you know, just, just to get more quantity. Out. Exactly. And, and so they were starting to shift back to not doing as much of that or 
trying to increase the quality, get it back up again. So they so wouldn't some, lose their momentum. So if someone's looking for a decent Malbec on the shelf right now, would you say the Kilka is what it's called? Kilka, Salentine, um, uh, Ben Marco. Um, These are priced about where? Where do you think? The Ben Marco is going to be around the $25 range. I think Salentine around the same. Archival Ferrer, amazing. Uh and and they will be in the tw- you can get it in the twenties, but it will go up to the hundreds as well. Yeah, when you get into their single single vineyards, higher altitude, it gets more expensive yes. for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, well, back in France, I want to make a suggestion uh, for a Malbec that is a workhorse, just like a Taurus. Uh, it's always there. It's always good, and it always scores very well. But their price must love these people. It usually stays around under twenty, and nice. it's Clos La Coutale, mm-hmm. Cahors, Kale. Um, it is uh, imported by Kermit Lynch, so that's oh, pretty okay, widely yeah. available. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find it. You can find it online. You can usually find it in most stores. Um, it's around. Um, they do – I think they run out um, every year okay. unless they've upped their production somehow. But last I knew, they, they ran out. So There yeah. are some Chilean Malbecs that are pretty good and priced affordable as well. And Trevento and some of those, they, they do a nice job. And then there are also people doing Malbec in uh, California as well, right? Yeah. You know, there there's a lot of Malbec grown in California, but most of it, again, is used for blending. Um, there are a number of wineries that do make um, the, ven- the uh, a single bottling of Malbec. And, and honestly, I've had a lot, but not, not one is standing out at the moment as we're talking about it. I know uh, Peachy Canyon makes one that's called Ms. MS behave like misbehave, uh-huh. and it's a really cool label. But uh, I haven't tried it in a long time, so I I can't really cool fun labels yeah. or something we're going to have yeah. to tackle in the next. Let's one. do that. I like For that sure. idea too. So um, I want to just go over a, a list among the dis among the dislikes of tourist people. These are things they don't like. Okay, they, they don't like sudden changes. They don't like complications, and they don't like insecurity of any kind. People tell me that grapes don't have personalities, but they do have temperaments. And Malbec is the epitome of slow and steady wins the race. They don't make reactionary changes, i.e. change the wine to the whims of the market. If they try to do that, it doesn't really work out. It's a grape that makes a wine that isn't fussy or complicated. It's very straightforward, just as a tourist is, and it's dependable at any dinner table, especially when you want to have something different from a cab. I, I totally agree with that. And you know what it's best with? Lamb. Meat. <laughs> I'm like meat, lamb, lamb. Yeah, grilled meat. I mean, when you when you look at what what is what is the main staple of our Argentinian's diet? Uh, not veggies. No, no. I, when I was there, I remember one time I asked for a salad, and they brought out a um, uh, like an antipasta. It was meat and cheese. <laughs> you know, I'm like, great. I'm That's... not going to eat any. I ate an entire cow and. It's like a week your, and a half. Bring your own fiber bars, <laughs> yeah. people. <laughs> it's definitely necessary. But yeah, Malbec's great with any kind of meat product. Yeah. And it uh, it is not going to uh, be reactionary and it's not going to be one of those, you know, changelings or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's not overly complicated. It's definitely straightforward. And it definitely has some good quality to be had. So one to try. So Taurus... You are the Malbec grape. Doesn't necessarily mean that if you're a tourist, you're going to like Malbec. No, no, that, you never made those claims in no. your in this story. That so. is, <laughs> not, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, you may not even like that you are a Malbec, but sorry, baby, you are. <laughs> Hate to break it to you. Yeah. Well, let's do some more of these the zodiac signs as we continue on with the podcast because um, I, I think it's fun. Yeah. Next is Gemini. I think. Yes. Yeah. All right. That'll have to stay tuned to find out what grape Geminis are. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> grape Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producers for online media are. 
are Anna Bejarano and Tara Calligan. Technical production is by Richard Chin Kui. Great Minds theme music for Zante is by Colin Mannon. To get in touch, check greatminds.org. Thanks for listening.